Welcome to One Star Bazaar. We review the movies critics hated, because maybe they're just a little underrated. This week, we're taking a look at The Mummy, the 2017 version, directed by Alex Kurtzman, written by David Cope, Christopher McQuarrie, and Dylan Cussman, released June 9th, 2017, starring Tom Cruise, Russell Crowe, Sophia Boutella, Boutella? She's French, so I don't... I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. And Annabelle Wallace. Sophie B. Sophie, Sophia <laughs> B. This is technically a reboot of the classic 1930s version. Yes, it's based on the original kind of monster creature. Boris Karloff. Yes, movies. Yeah. And not a reboot of the 1999 trilogy has a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 34% on Metacritic. And... Yeah, here's the thing. Uh, we're not watching this movie because this movie sucks. What? Yeah, this movie sucks. We have seen it before. We saw it in theaters. No, we saw it at your parents' house. Oh, that's right. We saw it on demand. We did. On cable, so it was new. I think like we rented it. Mm-hmm. On demand. We did pay money. It was like money. $6. Yeah. <laughs> that was last year. I was so bored watching that movie well, that can, I fell asleep. Can we tell the people what critics said about it? Sure, go ahead. Okay. So, Rafer Guzman of Newsday said, A blaring, bloated zombie of a movie. Peter Howell of the Toronto Star said, did our hero even bother to read the script for this toxic CGI dump site? Wow. And Colin Colvert, or Col- Colbert, Colbert. Colbert of the Minneapolis Star Tribune said, At one point in The Mummy, Tom Cruise is threatened with doom by a ghoul who warns him, There are some fates worse than death. Starring in a film like this is one of them. Yeah, I was going to say, watching this movie? So, basically, critics agree with you. I, as someone who kind of likes not great movies. Bad movies. Enjoyed the reboot Did of The really Mummy. Did you really, I just watched it again, like, oh, okay. two days ago. And I was still... I mean, obviously, I have some questions about the plot. And they really were blatantly setting it up for a sequel. Oh, we can talk about that for a second. Yeah. They were setting this up to be, like, not just a franchise, but a universe. Yeah. Universal, basically... The Universal Universe? (laughs) Well, they wanted to call it, I believe, the Dark Universe, right? So the idea was, hey, we have all of these old monster movies and I don't know, they have the rights to the characters or whatever, or the characters are public domain. So they're like, screw it. We don't have to pay anybody for the rights to the characters. I'm not entirely sure, but obviously these movies were based on, you know, old books that are public domain. So they basically wanted to jump in the ring with Marvel and DC where everybody's doing these big action, you know, overarching multi-movie, multi-franchise tie-in universes Uh and say, hey, this is our version. We're going to have, you know, Van Helsing and Wolfman and the Mummy and Dracula and God knows who else. This movie is really not good at all. It's boring. (laughs) 
Like, it's just, there's nothing exciting about it. Russell Crowe was, I like Russell Crowe too, and he was just kind of like, what? One thing that people do say about this movie in a positive way is um, Sophia Botea, however you pronounce her name. Even people who didn't like the movie enjoyed her Mm -hmm. in this movie. Yeah, needless to say, I doubt they're really going to, have very much much success launching their dark universe idea no they've scrapped it yeah Yeah. okay they would have to have made like start over again and make another movie which quite honestly i wouldn't be upset with some remakes of those like good ones we've had in the last few years several iterations of some of these characters in movies collectively or not and they've all not really performed well critically and at the box office i'll say that and you know if we end up watching some of those movies later on great. so if we're not watching the mummy what are we watching so let's go back to 20 years ago the other mummy franchise oh okay now here's the problem what is the mummy 1999 brendan Fraser, right yeah what is the mummy is it a one-star movie no. No, it is not. 58% on Rotten Tomatoes, 48 on Metacritic. The Mummy Returns also has a 48% on Metacritic. And also 48 or 47 on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, so the first two Mummy movies, I actually liked the first one a lot. I okay. loved the first one. I was one. in, like, middle school or high school. It was fun. It kind of had that, like... It's very campy. I mean, yeah. It was, like, a campy, more fun version of... Like, not as good as Indiana Jones. It was enjoyable, you know? The Mummy Returns, not as good, but still not, you know, not, like, awful. Mm -hmm. So then they decided, let's go to China and make another one of these movies for some reason. And that's what we're going to watch tonight. So... Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. It was directed by Rob Cohen, written by Alfred Go, Goff, and Miles Millar. Uh, in theaters July 24th, 2008, so obviously they thought it was going to be a big summer blockbuster. Uh, stars Brendan Fraser. Spoiler alert, it was not. Fraser? Fraser? I've always said Fraser. I think but, uh, Fraser is wrong. Because I think he specifically says it's not like like the show. I think it's Fraser like laser. Maria Bello, Jet Li, Michelle Yeoh, and Luke Ford. This third installment of the Mummy franchise has a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 31% on Metacritic. So a bit of a drop off then. The first two were kind of equal with the first one being considered, you know, definitely a little bit better. Yeah. Oh, and one thing to note in this third installment is they just simply replace Rachel Vice with Maria Bello. So it is the same character, just a different actress. Okay. The synopsis of this movie is Explorer Rick O'Connell is back to combat the resurrected Han Emperor in an epic that races from the catacombs of ancient China high into the frigid Himalayas. Rick is joined in this all-new adventure by son Alex, wife Evelyn, and her brother Jonathan. And this time, 
The O'Connells must stop a mummy awoken from a 2,000-year-old curse who threatens to plunge the world into his merciless, unending service. So the mummies are getting newer. Yes. They're getting younger. Yes. Younger mummies. (laughs) 2,000 instead of 6,000. Yes. All right. So Richard Roper of Ebert and Roper uh, said, I was never a fan of the first two. But those are masterpieces compared to this clunk of junk. Clunk o junk. Clunk o junk. Not even clunk of junk. Yeah, clunk no, he just o didn't even junk. like he had no f's to give about this movie. Yeah. So he couldn't even bother to <laughs> spell out the word of. Joe Morgenstern of the Wall Street Journal. The best news about this clangorous clunker is that it may well have vanquished the Mummy franchise. And you know it's bad if they're saying it's a franchise killer. Yeah. Especially <laughs> considering how many, like, Jaws movies they've made. They've made so many Jaws movies. And now, that's not even getting into, like, the really horrible franchise. Okay. Christy DeSmith of the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Now, I picked this one because it is a slightly more positive review. Okay. The film's best quality is that it continues the mummy tradition of mocking its own big-budget gratuitousness. So I feel like she's just essentially being like, yeah, it's like a popcorn It, movie. it owns the fact that yeah. it's ridiculous. It's like a dumb, well, silly popcorn You know what? We generally are forgiving in that way, I think, if movies are kind of go, you know, just having fun with it. Yeah. Uh, in the case of, like, our one of our previous reviews, Cutthroat Island, that was my biggest complaint, was that the movie was absolutely no fun. Yes. So we'll see. We're going to watch this. So I I have seen this movie. Yes, and I have never seen this movie. Yeah, so I'm very curious to see what... Which you were shocked that I had never seen this movie. I know, I was surprised. No, it didn't interest me. Why didn't it interest you? Probably because there were other movies that year I was more excited to see. All right, well, I am very excited for you to see this movie, and let's go ahead and watch it. Okay, so this movie is available on Netflix, all three in fact. Of the Mummy franchise are available on Netflix. Have yourself a Mummy Marathon. So that is where we will be watching. And the 2017 version is available on HBO Go. So, The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Yes, that was an interesting experience. <laughs> an interesting movie-going experience. Huh? So let's talk about the acting. Um, I don't want to talk about it in terms of actual acting, like comparing it to other movies. I want to talk about it in terms of, because these are established characters. Right. So they need to still be like the characters from the first two movies. Yes. So I guess in that respect, how do you feel the acting was? Even though Rachel Weiss was replaced. Which they do like a little cheeky nod to. The fact, like they make fun of the fact that it's not Rachel Weiss anymore. Where was that? When she's doing the book reading, oh. and the audience is like, would you say that, you know, this character is based on you or something? And you haven't seen Maria Bello yet, so she's, like, wearing a hat, and she, like, looks up and says, honestly, it's like she's a completely different person. Yeah. Okay. Because it is. Right. Okay. A little nod. Yeah. The acting... It's cheesy. Like... Okay, in some respects, I 
I have mixed feelings, I'll be honest. Okay. Because, and I don't know if it's the acting or the way that they direct. It might be the directing, like the way they wanted them to go with their characters. Uh-huh. Because, and, like, Brendan Fraser, first of all, I don't know if this is like, it's not really an issue of casting because, again, he's playing the same character, so it's not like he was recast. But this movie is like 30 years later or 25 years later or whatever. I mean, he has an adult college-age son now in this movie. And in reality, only nine years have passed. And quite frankly, they don't do anything, in my opinion, to make him look older. Yeah, I think you and I had different experiences okay, watching go, this go movie. Ahead then. So I don't have a problem with his age. I don't think he looked too young. It's possible the guy they cast to be his son might have looked a little too old, too old okay. to play a 19, 20-year-old. Yeah, he would definitely did not come off as being, like, 19. He came off as being, like, 25. Because, yeah, being a college-age kid who drops out of school in the 1950s-ish, 40s-50s-ish. Yeah, he he looked a little bit too old for that, but I don't think Brendan Fraser was the problem no, I'm not, there. I'm not saying Brendan Fraser was the problem because again, it's not like he was miscast. He's played this character before. He just didn't have the same energy. And then how did Maria Bello do at she filling was, Rachel Weiss's shoes? She was fine, but she could not capture the same naivete. Yeah, like she was kind of, she's that up in the ivory tower, like up in the clouds, you know, character. This like, one's more like... This was more realist. down to earth. Like this yeah. was... In terms of the story, I think we have a bit of a problem with believability simply because it's a mummy movie. But it goes beyond that because I have a huge problem with this movie. Okay. And I think you know what I'm going to say. I don't... The, the Yeti? Yeti <laughs> ex machina. Okay. Like, I was totally with this movie. He got so he mad got when the Yeti showed up. Okay. I wish I was recording it. He got so mad. Like, I seriously was just like, what? <laughs> what? No, I cannot accept this. Yes, it's a mummy movie. Yes, there is magic and sorcery, as we've seen in the earlier mummy films. But then Yeti show up. Out of the blue, which, first of all... I feel like even, like, good writing should have introduced that before. It was like they're trying to be like, boom, what you think about that? And it's like, I, it's terrible. So they, they do get a little more into it in that, obviously, the two protectors of the tomb have some sort of history with the Yetis. Like, they yes, know clearly. the Yetis. Yes, exactly. They did not make that clear, though. They should have. Aside from the Yetis, what you you mentioned, this movie story has some other problems? Okay. I don't think it's plagiarism. I'm going to give the writers the benefit of the doubt. Uh-huh. But this movie was very, very, like, Indiana Jones rip-off heavy themes and, then, and elements. And I turned to you during, like, the climactic battle scene, and I was like, are they just ripping off Lord of the Rings here? Like, it has a very Return of the King type vibe at the end. That, at least, is, like, a token thing. Like, I can forgive that. But, okay. like... Okay, how many... Okay, what? A token? What? 
like a token thing? Because that how was like many... one. That was five seconds in one scene. It's like... no. How many movies raise up a ghost army to defeat like what? At the same time, if a ghost army is raised up and then is done defeating, what do you think's gonna happen? They're just gonna yeah, they're gonna like drift away into dust or whatever. Like that's the natural thing you'd expect. <laughs> but how many movies do ghost armies appear in that just, we're expecting that? But it's not like the concept of a ghost army is copyrighted and patented and only Lord of the Rings movies are allowed to do it. Okay. 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 Anyway. Continue. <laughs> so I I mentioned in our intro, intro that, you know, one of the things I liked about The Mummy originally was it was kind of, it had that archaeology adventurer... It was very reminiscent of Indiana Jones, right? And I liked that, but it was its own thing. And obviously, like, movies can have the same kind of character. It's not like it's a ripoff just because you have a similar character. Well, because Indiana Jones himself is a ripoff of the Alan Quartermain Right, sure, exactly. Books. Like, there's, you know, it ha it's... You yeah. get archetypes in literature, and then it, there's no th no problem there. But this movie, you literally had, like, the dying father and the son has to go to the fountain of youth kind of thing, like, and save him. Spoilers, jeez. Okay. <laughs> Just like Last Crusade. You had the mysterious old gatekeeper? Yes, exactly. You the same thing, uh -huh. guarding the secret to immortality. Oh, yeah. you have, this. this was really a lot like... I can't, I don't want to say this, but this was very reminiscent of Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, whatever the actual official title is. The bad one. Yeah, because <laughs> you have retired adventurer and his brash son mm -hmm. who, like, I'm going to go do it. And so, yeah, it is funny that, like, she was kind of playing the Marion Ravenwood from Raiders of the Lost Ark because she was playing the Marion Ravenwood from Indiana Jones and the Kingdom yeah. of the Crystal Skull. And interestingly, those came these came out in the same year as Crystal Skull. They both came out in okay, 2008. Well, I mean, I'm not going to like I said, I'm not going to say I don't think they were trying to rip off Indiana Jones. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say they were paying homage to Indiana Jones. They probably the writers I'm sure grew up loving Indiana Jones. So you feel that this this story is very unoriginal? It's very unoriginal. Okay. Okay, it's very unoriginal. So, despite its unoriginality, was it engaging? I'll admit, I didn't really care for the non-action-y bits. They had this, it's like they're forcing this whole, like, prodigal son reconciliation. I just didn't, what's the word? Well, I feel like they didn't have much, like, familial chemistry. Right. Like, you don't really feel like... One, you don't feel like Brendan Fraser and Maria Bello have much chemistry. They definitely not as much as not as much as Rachel Vise. And then this son character played by what's his name? Alex oh sorry, Luke Ford. His character's name is Alex. You also you don't really feel like they care about him either. Right. Like some other movies about families, like you feel that like familial dynamic and they do such a good job of pretending like they care about each other. Yeah. But exactly. here, I mean Granted, in the story, there is some sort of, like, he's, like, lying to his parents, he left school, like, they don't know, they have some sort of strained relationship after the second one where he wakes up a mummy and, like, gets kidnapped. Right. 
but um, they might have like never recovered from that. But it still just feels very like their relationship feels very hollow and you're not invested in it. So you feel that the introduction of the Yetis was bad. It was. Um, what else does this movie do poorly? Do you know who wrote this movie? I mean, I know you know the names, but do you know what they're famous for? I do not. So this is um, Miles Miller and Alfred Gow. Or Goff. We, we don't know. So they At this wrote... point, I think it's just going to be a thing that we just mispronounce everybody's yeah, probably name. probably true. Yeah. So they um, developed the TV show Smallville. Which, okay, I did not watch when it was on, and I started watching it, and I couldn't finish it because it's it's bad it's like really campy it's and like the so acting it's very yeah. teen soap opera acting, but i watched right? teen soap operas like as a teenager sure. and, and you probably would have liked it as a teenager maybe but maybe that's adult, the problem like pretty weak. they're yeah. bad doesn't that kind of tell you the what you know doesn't that explain <laughs> some of this here's the other thing i want to mention okay rob cohen the director uh-huh let me list off some movies that he's directed Okay. This is a this is like this guy should probably be like the all star director of One Star Bazaar because <laughs> this is an amazing list of movies that are bad, but you have definitely heard of and probably seen okay. many of I'm ready. Okay. Tell me. Dragonheart who? Daylight. Dragonheart, yeah, where Sean Connery was the voice of the dragon. Right, right. But who was who was the night uh, guy? It was Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Wait, yes. Daylight with Sylvester Stallone? Correct. The, Love the, that one. Okay. The Skulls. Oh, with Joshua Jackson. Yes. The Fast and the Furious. Oh, Number one. The first one. Snap. That is his best film, by the way, that he's directed. <laughs> okay. 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. Love Triple it. Triple X. Ooh. I saw that in theaters. So did I. Stealth. That is a one-star movie. Yes. That I own. This film, Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, Alex Cross. That would be the one with Tyler yeah. Perry, yeah. the sequel to also prequel, on our whatever, list. <laughs> to the Morgan Freeman films, based on James Patterson novels. The Boy Next Door with Jennifer Lopez. Hurricane Heist. Which I just watched today. Yes, you did. That's like, <laughs> This guy is an amazing director for us to study as far as one-star films because... Hurricane Heist is not a one-star film. Correct. <laughs> but... Three of those films that I read off are not one-star films, but they are all rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. And but Hollywood keeps giving that man money. No, so... He probably makes he does millions fine. of dollars for some studio. I mean... So, so this movie does a couple things poorly. Is... A couple? Okay, okay many on. things poorly. Okay. Is there anything it does well? I think it's good at acknowledging itself. Like, it doesn't pretend to be a serious movie. It is fine with the fact that it's kind of silly. And, you know, I agree. But at the same time, that's not an excuse. And sorry to go back to another negative thing again. But I just feel like this movie was... Let's get the band back together for another another paycheck. There wasn't a need for it, and it was it was a letdown because I actually like the idea. I want to like this. I wanted to like this movie. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of them going to another culture and kind of having another spin on the mummy thing. Yeah. 
in some respects, it was okay as a successor because it did kind of follow the same formula. Right. Um, it just didn't do it as well, nearly as well. It's hard, See, the problem is it's hard to say what this movie did well because it didn't really do anything well, but it did a lot of things okay. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, there was action scenes. And they were a little more fun. They weren't as boring as some of the action scenes we've seen in, like, Cutthroat Island. Yeah, <laughs> those were pretty bad. But at the same time, you can't just have a movie that's giant, one giant action scene. I mean, like Transformers, you know? You, action, eventually, you're like, yeah, okay, boring. I, you've seen one, you've seen them all, you know? Yeah. And then here, I mean, they did do a decent job of splitting the action with the other scenes, but then you thought the other scenes were boring. So, <laughs> so it should have had different other scenes, I, I guess. Know. It checked the box. It did the minimum. You know, it yeah. checked off the boxes, but the writing wasn't stellar, but it was formulaic, so it was it was bad. Like it was but it was still okay enough, I guess. So I feel like this, I mean this definitely seems like it does deserve to be the worst of the mummy movies. Oh, for like sure. the first and second ones are good. You know, they're not considered to be great movies. I would but... probably give the first one like three stars out of mm-hmm. five. Where it's passable yeah. as a and decent this, movie. And the second, second one, one the kid drags it down. Two stars. Two, yeah. It's definitely a step down. This one is definitely deserves to be a one star film. So despite its one star status or what, what do you think this film did well? What do you find redeeming about this film? Do you kind of like this film? I I kind of do, but I wonder if I only like it because I liked the other two so much. Right. And I like the character of Rick O'Connell. I care about but the his is, life, but he wasn't Rick O'Connell in this movie. Yeah. He didn't have that same sweat. He was like the deadbeat older <laughs> drunk except without actually being drunk like virtually. yeah he was the washed up version of that character That's and true. it was kind of sad yeah my my <laughs> question is though i mean even though yes it deserves to be a one-star movie it is the worst of the mummy franchise did you in still enjoy watching this movie or do you wish you had not watched it okay so here's the thing as bad as this movie was one thing that we didn't mention earlier, that the Mummy franchise, one of its achievements, if you will, one of its kind of unexpected achievements, is that this franchise spawned another franchise. And that franchise has made more films than this franchise. I'm speaking, of course, of the Scorpion King franchise. Oh, so many movies in that one. I forgot about those. They're all terrible, and I'm sure we're eventually going to watch... Well, we're not going to watch a lot of them, because a lot of them are made for TV movies, or, like, straight-to-streaming movies. Right, and we're not... But there have been, like, five of them at this point. Okay. And two video games. Great. (laughs) As bad as Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor is, I think it's still probably better than... I think... I think it's still probably better than any of the Scorpion King movies. Maybe on par with the first one. I'll be honest. I saw Scorpion King in theaters. I will admit. I think I did too. 
and I don't remember because that was like 15 years ago at this point. I remember it was really bad. I remember liking it even though it was bad, though. It was kind of comically bad. This film is probably on par with that. So, good job, Mummy. Your worst fran- your worst uh, installment in your franchise is still as good or better than the best of your child franchise. <laughs> your offspring franchise. Awesome. So, I do want to bring this one thing up because I am intrigued for your thoughts so in the beginning i read richard roper's interview saying i was never a fan of the first two but those are masterpieces compared to this clunk o drunk i'm curious what you think roger ebert thought of this movie well roger ebert to his credit liked a lot more movies than he probably should have Uh i think that he he tried to give movies the benefit of the doubt it's hard to imagine him liking this, but I bet he could have been like, oh, it was it was a fun continuation of the, you know, the yeah. franchise. So he uses a four-star system. What do right. you what do you think he gave it? Like two. And you said you think he probably He would. probably was like, ah, you know, it's it's another formulaic installment, but you know, that's good enough. It's fine. It's a fun movie. Okay, so here's what he said. Now, why did I like this movie? It was just plain dumb fun is why. It is absurd and preposterous and proud of it. Three stars. Wow. (laughs) So basically his review was, this is a perfect, fun popcorn movie that you're going to like even though it's stupid. And three stars. Three stars. (laughs) Three out of four. 75%. Yes. It's passing. (laughs) By a lot. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Uh, well any final thoughts on this one i don't i don't like hate this movie it does take a lot for you to hate a movie and it's honestly well like and I, it doesn't mean like there were elements that made me mad it, the yeti not like mad i was just like <laughs> no, you got so mad he was like yelling at the screen <laughs> about the yetis i what i do i was like what no, no, I will not accept this. I will admit, I did say that. Yes. Because I will not accept it. It was ridiculous. It was the bridge too far of <laughs> preposterousness. Yes. So yeah, I don't hate this movie because it's just not worth it. Like, it doesn't matter enough to hate. If I had to choose between watching Crystal Skull and watching this again, I'd pick this for sure. Really? I still have not watched Crystal Skull again since we saw it, or since I saw it the first time. I don't know if I've ever seen it twice either. Yeah. This I've seen multiple times. Like, I voluntarily go back and watch this one. I'm not watching Crystal Skull again. Okay, one thing this movie did well, I think this was a little more family friendly. Would you recommend this film to people? Not outside of the context of a mummy marathon. <laughs> okay, that's good. Like, yeah, like they're all on Netflix. Watch them all, sure. Right. But don't specifically watch, them, watch definitely this watch one. Them together. Yeah. Like, if you're, so you would say if you're watching the Mummy franchise and you like, yeah, you know, it's then, yeah, like I'm right. not gonna say like it's definitely not 
Like, pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah, it's not like The Matrix, where you're going to be like, okay, no, there's just one movie. And it's not going to be like... Indiana Jones, you're going to pretend there's only three movies. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're gonna, you're this, gonna this one off. is fine in the context of the other two. Okay. I, I would agree with that, even though this movie definitely is not very good. But, and quite frankly, this movie doesn't make me as upset that it exists as... The Tom Cruise mummy that <laughs> I refuse to watch again. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening to One Star Bazaar. As always, feel free to reach out to us on social media to give us your thoughts or if you have any suggestions of films that you would like us to watch. Especially if you have a film that you love and everyone else tells you is bad. We will certainly love discussing the merits. Join us next week. <laughs>